I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Two Cups of Tea. I'm Chris Heath, and I've got the best job in podcasting, because I get to stick the kettle on, open a packet of Fox's Crunch Creams, and listen to another amazing life story from an older legend. Today I travel to Peterborough to meet my most senior guest yet, the fantastic 98-year-old Lillian. Her life story is fascinating, starting in 1920 in South Shields. A proper Geordie, her tale features jam and bread at the beach, ice-bound ships, halfpenny bike rides, gold brocade, a perfect wedding day, and a husband named Hubert. I'll go and set the microphones up while you listen to the cheesy theme tune. Let's do this. We are at the moment in Peterborough. It's a gorgeous spring day, but I detect from your accent that you're not originally from the, the East Anglian area. Where, where no, is... I come from South Shields, County Durham. That's near Newcastle upon Tyne. I'm a Geordie. You're a Geordie. And then <laughs> I got quite a surprise a minute ago when you told me how old you are. I'm 98. I was born the 26th of March, 1920. So and so, where were you born? At South Shields. It's right on the the tip of the River Tyne. Yeah, the south of the Tyne. We lived near the town hall, in a flat upstairs flat. Yeah, that only had the big living room, and uh, one bedroom, and an offshot for another bedroom, which you could only get in a a single bed. You yeah. couldn't get anything else in. My father and mother, Jonathan and Annie, father had been in the First World War, of course, and he came home with ulcerated stomach because he'd been gassed during the war. Goodness me. And the times that he was off work because of his stomach. Yeah. Lovely family. I have a, I had a sister who was five five years older than me. Another sister was born... Four years younger than me, but she only lived a week. She had a hole in the heart. Well, nowadays, they'd have done a lot for her. Yes. Then I had a brother seven years younger than me. Now I'm the last of the family. They've all gone but me. But I'm very lucky. I've got um, two nephews, four nieces, 19 great nieces and nephews, 26 great-greats and nephews. Oh, my goodness. And I've got photos of nearly all of them. 
That's incredible. Yes. Well, they, they say when it's a big family that it's a football team, but you've got about five football teams. Oh, just about. <laughs> <laughs> you've got like the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my childhood was a very happy one, but we didn't have a lot of money because after the First World War, things were very, very poor. Yeah, that's true. Yes, but we were we had a happy family. We had more friends than what you can get now. People were more friendly then. They helped each other. Yes. And I suppose when times are tough, that's when people count on each other, don't they? They did, yes. Yes, they did. I can remember the, the pitman used to have a, um, a load of uh, coal delivered once a month. It wasn't really coal. It was the cheapest they could get Yeah. for nothing. And they would sell you a bucket of uh, coal for tuppence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Friday night, Saturday morning, you would queue at the Huey Robson cake shop yeah. for the leftover bread, etc. Yes. That was sold very cheap. So, and then you could use that for what? What did you use the leftover bread for? Well, you could use it for puddings. We could use it for all sorts of things. Yeah. You had to in them days because money was so scarce. So was there still rationing after the First World War? No, there's no rationing, but people didn't have the money. Yeah. That was the thing. And the sad, saddest part of me, my thoughts yeah. is seeing the men coming back from the war without an arm or two arms, Yeah. without le a leg. We had one gentleman, he had... Uh, both his legs amputated, and he was he had he had a a board with wheels underneath, and he would and wheel himself along. Yes. Wow. There wasn't any help the way they have now. The people of today are very very lucky with the yeah. national health because them days you had. This to is get... before the the NHS, isn't it? Of course. Oh yes. Oh well, long before that, you used to pay about threepence or. Sixpence in them days to have a doctor. So you used to have an account with the doctor, and you have to pay. You used to have to pay your bill. You didn't get bills. You had to pay him when he was there. When he oh, come, really? When he come to visit you, you had to pay. Then, then, and you'd either say that was threepence or that was sixpence. So tell me, tell me more about Jonathan, your dad. My dad. He was a bricklayer. Yeah. He came from a large family. There was eight sons and four daughters. Yeah. My grandfather was a bricklayer, and he started before the First World War. He started a business of his own, building, mm. and he got all his his uh, sons into the building. There was a plasterer, there was a uh, painter, and a bricklayer, and all that. My father was a bricklayer. And then, of course, the First World War come. And uh, they all went to, to the uh, war. So his business left. He was left without any business. Of course. And so it doesn't matter if it's your own business that you've started up because that means nothing when war starts, does it? And that's no, just. No. So he would have lost that business. That's, uh, yeah. That's terrible. And uh, he used to go, Grandad used to go to a certain pub and have a pint every night mm. when he finished. And uh, this particular night he went in and he said, 
pint was put in front of him as usual. Mm. He says, "I'm sorry, I can't pay tonight. I haven't got any. Well, I haven't got enough money." The barman took the pint away. He says, "Well, you can't have it." And yet he'd been the customer there. He never had another pint after that. Yeah. See, things were really hard in there. Yeah, days. of course. They were really hard, but uh, Dad was a bricklayer, and that was Mother had been in service. Oh, in like a, a in like a big house or something somewhere. Well, yes, because Westall Village in South Shields. Yeah was all where the posh people lived. Right. They all had big businesses. And they all had staff. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Big staff. Yeah. Yeah. You could see them out in their carriages and whatnot. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, my, my sister, she was born in 1915, but she had a t- my mother had a terrible birth. When my sister was born, she had two big, deep wounds here with the forceps. Oh, your sister did? Uh, then the, I came along, touch wood, I was all right. Mm. And then, of course, Mildred come along, she had a hole in the heart. And then uh, I was seven when my brother was born. Yeah. Yes, but I'm the last of the family now. What, you know, what's the first thing you can really, really remember the first thing I remember is playing in the back lanes. What did you <laughs> What did you play? Well, it was just tiggy and running around and whatnot. See, it's funny, isn't it? There's a different name for it wherever you are in the country. Yes. Some people call it it. Some yeah. people say tag. Yeah. You used to we used to say tig, yeah. but you used to say tiggy. Tiggy. Yeah. I think I, I think tiggy yeah. is my favourite of all of them. Well, and another thing, when uh, I was about nine years old. Mm. My father bought a little tent from the ragman. Yeah. Because the ragman used to come round. And uh, my, uh, a neighbour, Mr Wright, he he was a carpenter in the shipyards. All right. And uh, he made the frame for it. And we, father took it down to the beach. Yeah. And he asked the chappie who looked after the deck chairs, yeah. would you put this up every morning for us and take it, send us home at four o'clock? It costs far. Oh, so, so is that for all the kids? Yeah. So, so he got the guy on the beach to put it up every day and take it down yeah. every night? Yeah. Or you used to go and spend your days on the beach? Yes. Yes. We're safe them days. Yeah, of course. You're safe Well, you, well, you wouldn't days. do that now. No, but when at four o'clock come the... Uh, Chairman would say, "Come on, you kids, you've got to go back home." Yeah, and we might have just had jam and bread for our lunch. Yeah, or and a a, popple, uh, a bottle of uh, ginger beer or something like yeah. that. Everything was simple. You say it's simple. It sounds lovely. It did. It was lovely. So that was a, so they're happy memories. Oh, aren't they? lovely memories! And so that was you and your brothers and sisters. Um, yeah. Was it was it like a big gang from the whole street, or was it just you, just you and your brothers no, and sisters? No, there's uh, the Wright family. Yeah. Uh, the Gorman family and the Peacock family. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so I see. So at the time, yeah. you weren't Lillian Clark. You were Lillian Peacock. That's right. Yes. That's a very grand name, Lillian <laughs> Peacock. That um, sounds like you're one of the posh families with a carriage. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I used to pay a halfpenny to borrow a bicycle to yeah. go round the block. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. There's a there's a 
a yard. He had these bicycles, if you call them bicycles, mm. uh, and he were, could, were allowed a half a pe- half penny for a half an hour or a penny for an hour. Wow. <laughs> Mind you, it's worth it if you want to go, you know, if you want to go like the clappers on a bike and just have oh, a yeah, bit of a ride yeah. around. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. And we had the individual shops. Mm. Where you could go, just at the top of the road. Yeah. And, uh, well, we just had a happy time. We never thought of being poor because everybody was poor. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And if someone said, oh, I'm short of something today, oh, come on, somebody would help them. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there was a nice community spirit anyway with the Gormans and the Wrights and everyone, yeah, you know, good. and Mr Wright making the f- frame yeah. for the tent and you're all taking it down to the beach and having bread and jam. Yeah. Oh, so I want to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> we live near the town hall, a beautiful town hall. Oh, really? Oh, it had a big clock. Yeah. And it's it's chimed every quarter of an hour, 24 hours a day. Really? But you never, never, with living so near, you got used to it. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. But it's a marvellous town hall. Beautiful town hall. And that's the South Shields town hall. Yes. Yeah. So, when it came time to go to school... I went to Wester Road School... I passed the uh, 11 plus. Did you? But when I went, there wasn't enough room for me. You got the central school and then you got the senior school. That was as far as we could go. But when I went for the the interview, oh, you're Peacock. Oh, that's a P. No, we've only gone as far as so-and-so. There's no more seats left. So, really? Yeah. So it's just, it was all down to the alphabet whether That's you got right, in or not. Yeah, it wasn't done by your your point. ability. No. That's terrible. Well, uh, anyways, we couldn't do it. So I left. I I left school at fourteen. My last did you, teacher. When you were there, did you enjoy it? School? Did you? Did you? Not like... really. Well, I enjoyed up to the last year because I had a teacher. She was terrible. She had pinched now. Oh, the 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 glasses that just pinch onto pinch your nose. That's right. Yeah. Button boots. Yeah. And long skirt, and her hair tied back like what they're doing now. Yeah, that sounds like a proper old school mistress. That's right. And she had a cane in her hand all the time. If she didn't hit you on your hand, she hit you on your shoulder. Eesh. For cruel in them days. Yeah. It's funny, I've talked to a lot of people who's, who've got memories of teachers they didn't like because they were very easy with the yeah. easy with the cane. Yeah. Well, when I was small, I had the measles. Mm. And it left me with a weak bladder. Right. And I had a teacher, something similar to that, and I put my hand up, and I was only about five years old. Yeah. Please, may I leave the Control yourself, control yourself. I couldn't. Because I went myself. Yeah. I got four. Four four whacks. Four whacks of my hand. And it wasn't with a cane, it was with a strap. And I went home, because I went home for, for dinner, 
And uh, I said to Mum, I can't take my coat off. Why? I, my hands hurt. Oh, she took my coat off. And then she saw my hands. Yeah. She went to school, back to school with me in the afternoon. And after, after that, if I put my hand up, get out, get out. Oh, really? Well, good. <laughs> yeah. Because my hands were swollen for two days. Because I tell you what, I've spoken to some people who they say when they got walloped at school, they'd go home and if their mum and dad had seen they got walloped, they'd get another wallop for getting walloped at school. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to hear that your mum stuck up for you. That's it, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so you left school at 14. Yes. And what did what did life have in store then? Well, I left school and I tried for a job and I was only a month from school when I did get a job in a newsagent and stationers. All right. And uh, that's called Islands. And they did, um, after, they were part of the Shields Gazette because they helped. Oh, okay. In the afternoon, we used to take the results of the racing and football and all that. Yeah. And he, he would put them in a, a big metal thing and would stamp them on the stop press. Yeah. And the newspaper boys would be out at the back selling them. Oh, so you sort of used to print and write down the, the results. And so all the racing results. Yeah. So you get all the guys coming to the shop yeah. and buying the, the yeah. all the results. We had a, they had a special place at the back of the, the shop. It was a yard, but he, he had a, a cover over it so the, the newspaper boys could sit there waiting, if it was bad weather, or waiting for the news coming through. And they would buy the papers. They would buy a dozen at a time. Yeah. Then they would sell it and they would get the profits. Oh well that sounds quite fair. So they used to they used to make a good living, the little lads selling yeah. them. When the boat race was on, we had all that to print in to print in. Wow. It was very interesting. I bet it was. Yes. Uh I was there for about six years. And I got a bit tired of it, so uh, I got another job in a in the high street. Yeah. Posh. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, can you dress a, a window? Can you do window dressing? I said, yes, which I had done. Yeah. And then, of course, the war came, and I knew that I was going to be uh, called up. Because you would have been about 19? I was 19. Yeah. My cousin, who was two months older than me, she was, she, like me, I wanted to go into the forces. Yeah. But they wouldn't allow her because they wanted pe women for the factories. Yes. Well, she was sent to Huddersfield, somewhere around there. Right. And she came home one weekend and she said, that's terrible. Oh, she said, and the digs was awful and this, that and the other. So I said, oh, well, I'm trying for the forces. She says, you don't get it. So my sister was living in Peterborough. She was married. Ah, OK. Her husband had been invalided out the Air Force. Yeah. And his family belonged to Peterborough. Right. So she, she, when she married, she came down here. So my brother-in-law said to me, 
why don't you come to Peterborough before they call you up? Yeah. He, he worked at Brotherhoods and he went to see the personnel manager and explained it. Oh, tell her to come down as quickly as possible. So I went down, I come down here on the Friday, saw someone on the Monday, and I was so naive at the time. He says, can you work a machine? I said, of course I can't. Yeah. Oh, he says, that's good. What make machine was it? I said, a singer saw a machine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise at the time because I'd never been in a factory before. Yeah. Uh, he turned his head away, and I could see a smirk on his face. Why? Any anyway, he said, um, "Do you think you'll be able to um, work a bigger machine?" I said, "Well, I think so." Mm. So he took me into one of the factories. All I could see was belts and people moving, and this. Oh, well, I'll be able to. Do he says, "Can you start on Thursday?" I so you travelled down on Friday, you went for um, your interview on Monday, and then even on then on Thursday, yes. you start. Yeah. Well, they didn't hang about, did they? Well, they were desperate. Yeah. <laughs> to take me on, they must have been desperate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could use a singer sewing machine. <laughs> Anyways, they put me on a small machine with a bar, and all I had to cut cut was a certain lens. Yeah. For the two. That happened for a fortnight, and they said, oh, you can do better than that. So they moved me to another machine. Yeah. And uh, then I was there about a year when they said, we're moving you to another department. I said, OK. When I went into that department, they're all brand-new machines, electric. Wow. No belts. So these were must be, you, you mean like the big leather fan belts that drove them? That's right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then you progressed to the big electric ones. Yes. Wow. And I have. And what were they? What were you making? We're making parts for uh, torpedoes. Wow. And of course, Brotherhoods then had their own foundry and everything. It was a self, you know, everything was there on the on the uh, underground. It makes you wonder because that did Brotherhoods ever get hit? No. Because it must have been, because if you think about it, that must have been a, a big target for the Germans. Yes, yes. We did, we did have a two or three nights where the lights went out when the planes were coming over, yeah. but they were going to Coventry. Oh, well, Coventry didn't, yeah. That yeah. didn't fare so well, did it? Yeah. They were going to Coventry. Wow. I, I, yeah, because I hadn't thought about that, because my granddad worked at... Uh, 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 I think at Brotherhoods too, and it's it's only now that I realise that must have been a, a huge target for the Germans. It was. Yeah. It was, because it was right on the railway, because everything went on the railway. Of course. Yes. Everything went on the railway. Everything come in on the railway. Now, it all happened so fast, coming down the Friday, interview on the Monday, start work on the Thursday. <laughs> what was it like being away from... Well, I was, home, be I was better up. than some people because I was living with my sister. Oh, OK. So you weren't isolated from your family because no, you still isolated, had your sister. No, but I made a lot of friends. Oh, I good. made a lot of friends. Yes. We're, we're quite cheerful, <laughs> although some of the women that worked there lost their husbands. Oh. One of my friends, Winnie, she didn't come in one night 
because you had to do night shift as mm. well as day shift. She didn't come in one night. And I said, well, where's Winnie? Is she poorly? Nobody knew. And then the, the next night, the personnel manager had about 10 of us together, and he said, Winnie won't be in for a week or two. Why? She's lost her husband. He was a neighbour. Oh. And then there's another one, and, you know... I imagine she wasn't on her own either. That must have happened quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, it was happening quite a lot. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's one thing to to know that you're at war and to hear reports of this and the other, but it's when you see it all around you and, you know, your friends losing husbands and loved ones, and that's when you see the real... That's the real thing, yeah. 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 Well... When the war came, 1939, uh, we had moved about two years before that up to a, a, modern, a more modern house because we were on a flat. Mm. We had to move to a house. A bath. Oh, having a bath. What, a plumbed-in bath? In hot water. Wow. Look at your face. That. That, was a, that was a big deal. <laughs> we had a tin bath. Yeah. Father had to go out uh, the night, that night Till my sister and I had a bath. Yeah. And uh, whatnot. And then we thought, oh, well, posh. So I I used to go to church, chapel, near the town hall, where, and uh, Wester Road Baptist. And then when the war come, Father said, you're not walking that mile and a half to... I walked to the church, yeah. walked back. You're not walking that mile and a half to church because you're near the, you're near the town. So I went to the church round the corner to where we're now living. Yeah. I joined the uh, youth club and I met quite a lot of friends. Met my husband. Oh, at the youth club? At the youth club, yes. Oh, so you, you didn't meet your husband in Peterborough? No, no. The, this was um, before the, the war just started. Oh, OK. See, I was 21 when I went to come to Peterborough. Yes. And... Uh, he was uh, six months older than me. When he finished his apprenticeship, he went to the Merchant Navy. Right. And he used to go from Hull to Murmansk, through the White Sea, down to um, Iceland and back. Wow. So that's, that, that, that was a hell of a journey. Yes. But his last journey was the worst. Oh, really? Yes. They're coming through the ice, the White Sea, yeah, and they got they got ice bound. They got a quick winter. They weren't expecting it, and the ship got ice bound. What's so a frozen into the water? Yeah. How, what and do you, then, What do you do? And every morning, yeah. all day long, they had to keep chipping the ice off the ship also it turned over. But it got too heavy with the ice. Yeah. Anyway, they um, were able to walk over the ice to the to a village and have a pint now and again, or whatever it was. So they were stuck there, like so they were part of the furniture then, weren't they? I suppose, and then yeah. they had, uh, and so they walked out across the sea they'd just been sailing through to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! And one night, um, the captain said, "What are you lads drinking?" And they said, "Well, we think it's vodka." Because that's all they could get then, yeah. in Russia. He says, "Are you sure?" And he's lighting his pipe, and he dropped the match. 
and and someone's drink and going. <laughs> oh my god! He says that's what you're drinking. How did they get? How did they get out? <laughs> so they must have. They must have just chipped their way away until uh... they had to chip every morning all the ice off the ship. That's amazing. Now, one night they were coming. There's three of them coming back from the pub, and the ice was beginning to melt. Yeah, there's ice floats, and that had got. It was all right when they went, but or else they wouldn't have gone. It's all right when they went, but coming back, it was all breaking up. Right. And they got on one ice floe, and one of the chappies slipped off into the icy water. Yeah. They couldn't save him. They couldn't save him. If they moved, they would have slipped in the water. Yeah, of course. Well. So they just had to watch him. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Oh, well. So this was... So was this after the war? This was in 1943. So this was during the war. Yeah. So what was, and this is the Merchant Navy. Merchant so, Navy. So, so their their task, I suppose, was to, well, they were moving cargo from place to place? Or yeah. What, what they were, were they doing? They were taking um, aeroplanes, tanks, and no sooner did they get them on the uh, off the ship, there's men waiting there to put them all together, and they were off to the war. The, the tanks and the aircraft yeah. were all gone. And then they would bring wood back. Oh, really? They would bring wood back. So this is so this is your husband yeah. on the ship. Now, you met him at youth club. What was his name? Well, his, his name was Hubert, but he hated Hubert. He always went by Bert. I think Hubert's a great name. <laughs> and this is a picture of Hubert. Yes. He was a good-looking lad. He was a lovely fella. Yeah. He was. He was a lovely fella. And so what was... He's got the cuffs around... He's got the... That's in the that's Merchant the Navy. His that merch... was the first one. That He never had... He couldn't get another one taken, but that was when he first entered the... He was 21 there. And so what did he... What did he eventually be, become in the Merchant Navy? Was, was he... Was he was that an his... engineer. Um... And so he was. It was he in the, for a long time. No, he was only in th three years. Oh, okay. Because after that trip I've told you about, yeah, he uh, come home. I weren't married at the time. Were engaged. Yeah. And um, he was he was going getting. He got ready to go to back on the ship. Yeah. Went to Hull. Put all his clothes in the cabin and he said well I'm off to the Merchant Navy now for a meal he went to AWOL really he ca they came down here to see if I knew where he was I said I didn't even know he'd gone AWOL hasn't he gone to sea in fact when I saw them I thought they were telling me he'd gone yeah because it was the um, police the Oh, the military police, was the it? The military yeah. police, yes. I says, no, I haven't seen him. Are you sure? So my sister says, well, we haven't seen him at all. And uh, a week later, he caught, we walked into a police station at Hull and said, I don't know where I've been. I don't know what I've done. But he said, I, 
I don't know what's happening to me. So, of course, I said, oh, put him in the cell. Yeah. And he was 24 hours in the cell until someone come to get, examine him. They said this man's had a serious nervous breakdown. Goodness me. I think it was because that night at the ice... Watching his friend go in. And and all the other things that happened around them, yeah. seeing ships going down. Because when they met at Aberdeen, all the merchant many would get around at night and go into the pubs. Yeah. And he knew some of them. And he knew that, oh, that ship, oh, that's gone down, so-and-so's in that and so-and-so's that. But to think it was because that night when he couldn't save that man. Yeah. Break on his mind. Yeah, of course. He was in Shockley Bridge Hospital for six months. And the first thing he said when he saw me, the engagement's off. Well, what do you mean? He says, no. He says, engagement's off. I'm not, it's not fair of me to marry you when I've been so ill. Yeah. I said, no, don't. I said, you're going to get better. Exactly. We did. Good. We got married in 44. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So where did you get married? At the church that we went to in South Shields. Oh, the, the chapel that you used to walk to? No, not the chapel. Oh, OK. The church. Oh, OK. Because I left the chapel when the 1939. Yeah. When the war started. What was your wedding day like? What did you wear? Oh, it was cold. It yeah. was November the 11th. Oh, my God. My father's birthday. I was going to get married on my mother's birthday, the 30th of September. Mm. But um, my sister decided to have a baby at 20, 23rd of September. How selfish. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we said, oh, well, we'll get married on the 11th. Yeah. We did. It was a lovely autumn day. When we came out of church, the sun shone beautifully. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's you know that's always a good a good omen, that isn't it? That you know the thing in them days though. Mm. Uh, I was working at Brotherhoods, of course, and a gentleman came up to me. I'd seen him quite a lot, and a gentleman came up to me and he says, "I hear you're going to get married. What are you going to wear?" I said, "Well, it all depends upon what the coupons allow, because everything was on coupons." Yeah, of course. He says, "Well, my mother and father." were um, Taylor and Tayloress in London. Yeah. And when the war started, they came up to Peterborough and they brought all the material with them. Wow. Well, King's Dyke, really. Yeah. Uh, and he said, would you like to buy some material from us? And I thought, well, yes, I've got an aunt who's a dressmaker. Yeah. So I went to the place and I, I chose the material. It cost me five pounds. Of the material, and uh, it was off-white brocade. It was beautiful. Oh, lovely. Big, long sleeves. Yeah. We had the church hall for the reception. Yeah. And neighbours and family, there's some eggs, there's some sugar, there's some raisins. All chipped in for the cake? For the cake. Brilliant. And then when it comes to the reception itself, everybody, there's something else. Yeah. We didn't have a big reception. Yeah. A nice reception. We had a lady who could play the piano and they could dance and all that. So I had a lovely time, but it didn't cost us all that much. But I was lucky to get that material. Yeah, that's that, that was, was brilliant. Yeah, and I had my sister's veil. 
Oh, lovely. <laughs> so, so once the the war ended, yes. what what did that mean for you and and Bert? Well, when the war ended, oh, when he came out of hospital, he could, they wouldn't let him go back to sea again. Right. So he had to go back to the shipyards and go on the as an engineer. Yeah. He was an engineer. Mm. And then the shipyards closed, the pits closed, there's nothing there. So uh, he was on the door for about a couple of months and he got really moody about it. Yeah. My sister said, why don't you come back to Peterborough? So we did. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We got one room in Harris Street. Yeah. Uh, I, I went to work in Woolworths. I know, yeah. And one, uh, one Saturday, I heard a voice say, what do you mean? What are you doing here? And I looked around. It was a supervisor from Brotherhoods. I said, well, I'm working. Well, why didn't you come back to Brotherhood? Oh, I said, I didn't want to go back on a fa- in a, on a machine. Yeah. She said, I wasn't thinking of machine. I said, oh, come to see me on Monday. That was on the Saturday. Yeah. Of course, Woolworth said, you're in a... And closed. Yes. Can you remember that? I do remember the old Woolworths, yeah. I was selling them little little toys, farmyard toys. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Uh, so I went on the Monday and she took me into an office. She says, um, you can type, can't you? Because I did. I went to night schools when I was um, in my first job ah, for typing. Smart, yeah. Any rate, I said, yes. I said, I haven't done it for a long while. Oh, she said, I'll come back to you. So she took me into the spares and repairs department yeah. with a Mr. Hoff. Oh, he's marvellous. Oh, he's a lovely man. He had his elbow shot in the wall. Ooh. He couldn't use that arm. Yeah. And the brain. Oh, clever guy. Very, very clever. Yeah. And you, he could look at the uh, plans and all that. And he would remember them. Yeah. In fact, Delarue asked them to do a job for him. 
which they did. Yeah. See the plans, and he said, no, that wouldn't fit there, and that wouldn't fit here. Anyway, I worked for him for uh, five, six years. Yeah. I, I did enjoy the job. I bet. But uh, my, my husband was working at Baker Perkins. Yes. They sent him down to help an engineer in St Albans. Okay. It was only going to be for three months. But after six months, they said, would he stop down up there because the chap he wasn't doing the job, what he wanted. Yeah. So that meant I had to give my job up here to go to St Albans. And, and you did? Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, I went to work for Marconi's. Marconi's? Yeah. What what do they what do they do? Well, they were doing these boards, electronic boards. Marconi, as in the the radio, the original. The original place. Wow. And they were doing these boards. I think they were for um, like circuit board kind circuit of Circuit boards. That's yeah. it. And I was in the export office there. And how long were you down in St Albans for? Well, in St Albans for three three years, brand new house which I wasn't keen on, but it was a brand new. Yeah. And uh, I said to him after a while, I'd rather have a bungalow because we had no family. Right. We couldn't have a family. Oh, okay. He had mumps when he was 12. Oh, really? And that? Me. Gotcha. Men about that age, when they had the mumps, we had a lot of friends in Shields. Yeah. And I said to one of them, why haven't you got a family? She says, because you have the mumps. And I thought no more about it. Yeah. Then we found that after two years, we went to Newcastle. Yeah. He'd had the mumps and that was it. Right. So then uh, then we bought this bungalow in Harpenden until we retired. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, I didn't want to stop in Harpenden because we were on the edge of the um, hills and you had to go down a steep hill. Yes. When you had bad weather, the kids were sliding down there. Right. And I thought, well, I'm getting older. I don't want that to happen. Of course, yeah. So my sister says, what about... She sent us no end of uh, houses for sale and bungalows, that's for sale. Oh, it's still in Peterborough. So all that time, your sister had always been in Peterborough. These were all fields when I first came here in 1941. These are yeah. fields. Where we are now. Yes. Yeah. And these were being built. 86. Yes, we came back in 86. Yeah. £43,000. I, I went to the hospital once. Yeah. And I got talking to a friend who I, I met. She says, uh, are you doing any voluntary work, Lillian? I said, no, Why? She says, what about coming for friends of the hospital? Oh, what do I do there? She says, serving the shop. Well, I worked there for a month, and Bert said, is there any vacancies for me? I said, oh, yes, just the one we want, because we went on a Tuesday. Yeah. I went on Tuesday. I says, the stock comes in on Tuesday, and they want someone to help us, right? So he, start, uh, he started. Yeah. And uh, the two of us on a Tuesday would go downstairs, receive the stock in, see that everything was right, yeah. price everything, and then see that what the shop wanted for the stock. 
Then I got my sister to do it as well, so three of us did it. Yeah. We did it for 17 years. Really? And so Bert passed away about 10 years ago? 10 years ago, yes. I still miss him. I still talk to him. Do you? Yes. Lillian, born in 1920... Yes. In South Shields. Yes. I still can't believe I'm saying this, but you're 98. You don't even look a day over 85. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but what I would like to know is, what lessons have you learned? If you had to give me a piece of advice, or if you had to give someone a piece of advice... My advice is, be kind to people. Yeah. Speak to strangers, just if you say, good morning, good afternoon. If I'm on the phone to anyone, I'll say, have a nice day. Just be cheerful. Mm. We don't want to know the miseries of life. All right, I'm in pain, but there's people much, much worse off than me. Yeah. I'm expecting to go for a scan next month, but that's bothered me. Yeah. I've got two two false hips. I've got no, no ovaries. I've had a melanoma on there. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> And and see, that's the way to look at it, is these aren't things that have happened. These are things that you've seen off. That's it. Be cheerful. Yeah. Help people where we can. Lillian, I think and that's... And I love children. I love children. <laughs> Lillian, I think that's good advice. Yeah. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to I'm you. I'm sorry if I've rammed on. <laughs> do, it's, do you know what? That's, that's the perk of the job for me. I love having a chat like this. It's been lovely. So thank you for being on Two Cups of Tea. And that was Lillian. She was a joy to spend time with. As you'll have just heard, this podcast is about sharing some fantastic life stories. But there are well over a million chronically lonely people in the UK who have no one to share their stories with. If you'd like to know more about ways to change this, then please go online and visit campaigntoendloneliness.org and find out how together we can start to make loneliness a thing of the past. Thanks again to Lillian, and also thanks to ACAS for hosting this show. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.